Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I want to say thank you for letting me come right into your space. We're going to have a great time today as we're looking at the next powerful man that God used in the New Testament. And don't think this is a series just about men. You're going to find out today that we're going to really study what the grace of God can do in a person's life. And Denise is joining me for today's program. Denise, welcome to the program. Rick, thank you. It's an honor to be on this program. And also, I am going to enjoy every word you oh, speak today. Today, we're going to talk about the Apostle uh, Paul. Yeah. What a trophy of God's grace. If God can save Paul and use Paul, God can save anybody and use anybody. Anybody. It is amazing. I'm so excited for this program today. But we want you to order the whole series, which is called 10 Powerful Men. It deals with Noah. Abraham, Samuel, David, Daniel, Joseph, Peter, Paul, Timothy, and John. Tomorrow we're going to be looking at Timothy and Denise. I am so excited about what we're going to study about Timothy tomorrow. But today we're going to be looking at Paul. Anyway, order your series at renner.org, and it comes with a study guide. I really put a lot into these study guides, and I want you to get yours. You can order it at renner.org, and the great thing about the study guide is you can read it while you see it, or while you hear the teaching, and it really gets the teaching down deep inside you. So please order yours right now. And we're also offering you the book, which is called All the Men of the Bible. Denise, I love these kinds of books because they're such a resource. You can go to them and see who a character is in the Bible. And this book covers more than 3,000 names. 3,000. Amazing resource. It's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. And right now we're also offering you at a very radical discount our brand new autobiography. Denise, I'm so excited for people to get this biography. It's called Unlikely. And the reason it's called Unlikely is because that is the word to describe Rick and Denise Renner and our sons and our family and what we have done. It was so unlikely. But God loves to do unlikely things with unlikely people because he gets all the glory in that case. And that's what you're going to read in this amazing true life story, which is more than just a story. There's a lot of teaching in this book. You know me, I'm a teacher. So even when I tell a story, there's teaching in it. So in this book, you're going to get the story, a true life story. You're going to get a lot of teaching. And the back of the book says, if you're ready to read a true life story that will stir your faith to launch out and experience your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read. And right now at render.org, we're offering it at an amazing discount. And when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you two books as our way of saying, welcome to our partner family. When we call somebody a partner, we really mean they're a partner. This ministry is not just what we do. It's what we do with partners who financially regularly give to this ministry. Their gifts empower us to take this TV broadcast to people all over the earth. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. I know that's our job. We can do our part, but it is the giving of partners that pays the bills so we can take this teaching around the world. And if this program has been a blessing to you, would you please do something to help it become a blessing to somebody else? You can touch somebody else's life without ever leaving where you are right now. Just by going online or touching the little button, you can make a contribution and literally change another person's life.
And the moment you become a part of our partner family, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone because we always send these two books to anybody who becomes a partner. And remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you and we want to hear from you so we can pray effectively. When you tell us how to pray, we're going to do a better job of praying. So give us a call or send us your email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith for God to do something tremendous in your life. So we're waiting to hear from you right now. But Denise and I will be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Today we're going to return to our anchor verse, which is in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. I hope you have your Bible. But in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And today we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul. God's eyes fell on the Apostle Paul, and God said, I want that man. I'm going to change him and show myself strong to him and reveal my power through him. And what an amazing story. And by the way, you can read all about it in the book, which is called The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. It's one of the most exciting books that I have ever written, which really documents who Paul was and what happened to him when he got saved. It is just amazing. But today we're going to begin in Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, where Paul gives us his pedigree. And Paul says he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. First of all, he tells us he was circumcised on the eighth day. That is very important because it tells us he was from a strictly religious Jewish home. Secondly, he says, he was of the stock of Israel, which means he was of pure blood. That's quite a statement. Then he says he was of the tribe of Benjamin. Well, the tribe of Benjamin was the most honored of all the tribes. Well, his pedigree is pretty serious. First of all, he's from a strictly religious Jewish home. Secondly, he's of pure blood. Then he's of the tribe of Benjamin. Then he says he's a Hebrew of the Hebrews, which means he was raised in Hebrew tradition, Hebrew customs, speaking the Hebrew language. Everything about him was thoroughly Hebrew. Then he says as touching the law of Pharisee, which means, Denise, he was at the top of his denomination. He wasn't just in the denomination. He was at the top. He was a Pharisee. Then he says concerning zeal, persecuting the church, which means he had religious passion. We're going to see this in just a moment. And finally, he makes a statement that nobody even understands. He says, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. There were hundreds and hundreds of laws. And Paul basically says, I kept them as good as anybody could keep them. I was blameless concerning the righteousness which is in the law. No one even really knows what that statement means because it seems it would be impossible to keep all of those laws. But the point is, in every way, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was very proud 
of who he was, and he was passionate about the Hebrew faith. And in fact, he was so passionate about his faith that when he heard there was a group of Jews that began to divert from the Jewish faith and convert to Christianity, he became incensed about it. He was just enraged. He saw this as a diversion that needed to be eradicated and eliminated. And we read about what he did in Acts chapter 8, verse 3, which in the New King James Version says, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. You know, Luke was a Greek. And Luke used every word in the book of Acts very specially to convey images. And when he said that Saul made havoc of the church, listen to the word that Luke used. The Greek word which means to ravage. He ravaged the church. It means to ruin. So he ruined the church. To destroy, he destroyed the church. To devastate. What he did was devastating to the church. But Denise, even more importantly than all of that, Luke used a word that described the fate of people who were mauled to death by extremely dangerous animals. He likened Saul to an extremely dangerous animal. But there's more because the particular word that Luke used often depicted the devastation left by wild boars or wild pigs. Pigs that were diseased, vicious, and deadly. And very often these diseased animals were known not only to destroy property and livestock, but also to maim and at times to even kill people. So now Luke understanding the Jews don't like pigs, likens Paul to a wild, diseased pig. Denise, that's pretty strong language, but that really is the word that Luke used in Acts chapter 8, verse 3, to describe Saul of Tarsus before he met Christ, which means Saul was like an uncontrollable, vicious, diseased beast who violently pursued, attacked, and abused people that he believed had veered from their Jewish faith to become a part of a new sect. And he saw it as his job to eradicate them. And that's why the verse goes on to say in Acts chapter 8, verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. He was like a wild beast, devouring, attacking, maiming, killing, entering every house. And when you read this in the Greek text, it uses the Greek word kata, which literally means from house to house. It's an intensifier, which means he was making raids throughout the entire city of Jerusalem looking for anybody that had become a part of this new sect. And he was dragging off men and women and committing them to prison. And when you read this in Greek, oh, the words dragging off is a Greek word, which means to drag, to pull against someone's will, to haul them off. These images are filled with abuse, but nobody describes Paul better than himself. And when you read his words in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, it is amazing the words he chooses to describe himself before he became a Christian. Listen to what he said. And I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And Denise... <laughs> If God can put him in the ministry, God can put anybody in the ministry. Listen to what he was before he was saved. These are his own words. Listen. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious. 
These are really bad words. For example, the word persecutor in Greek is the word blasphemeo, and yes, it's where we get the word for our blasphemy. But the word that Paul uses here, the word blasphemeo, really means to slander. He was a slanderer. It means to accuse. He was an accuser, which means he was working with the devil because the devil is the accuser of the brethren. It means to speak against, or even better, listen to this, to speak derogatory words for the purpose of injuring or harming someone's reputation. It even signifies profane, foul, unclean language or any derogatory speech intended to defame, injure, or harm another person's reputation. So here he was dressed in all his religious garb, claiming to be so religious, but inwardly he was so mean that he was profaning people, defiling people, slandering people, doing everything he could to injure their reputation. And the Greek word blasphemeo even means he spoke a lot of foul words and unclean speech. So outwardly he looked religious, but inwardly he was rotten to the core. Now this is not my depiction of him. This is the word he used to describe himself. He goes on to say he was a persecutor. From the Greek word dioko, which means to hunt, to chase, or to persecute. It denotes the actions of a hunter who followed after an animal in order to apprehend it, capture it, and kill it. Just like a committed hunter follows the tracks of a beast, follows the scent of the beast, he was following the tracks of believers, looking for every little scent, every little hint of where they might be, that he might capture them, apprehend them, and even kill them. And that's why he goes on and says he was injurious. Now, hold on, because this word is totally shocking. The word injurious is derived from a Greek word, which means to inflict injury on someone else and to derive pleasure from their pain. This is a word you would use to describe somebody that is mentally sick. It helps us to understand that when Stephen was killed in Acts chapter 7, and Saul was there watching, standing on the side. He wasn't just watching, but the use of this word injurious means that when he saw Stephen's blood splatter, he enjoyed it. He derived pleasure from it. It's a horrible thing to say about somebody. But this was the word Paul used to describe himself. I'm not making this up. This is the word that he used. And that is why in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he described himself as the chief of sinners before he was saved. But then one day he was on the way to the city of Damascus. You know why he was going to Damascus? Because he had already purged the whole city of Jerusalem. His hate was so intense that he wanted to take his hate to the next level. And that's what hate does. Hate just pursues, it grows, it increases, and now his hate is driving him to take this purge to the next city. So now he's on the way to Jerusalem. And we read in Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 6, And as he, that is Saul, journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? This is when he called Jesus Lord. And the Lord said, 
I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. Is it hard for thee to kick against the pricks? And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. But later he gave his testimony about this event, and it is recorded in Acts chapter 26, and in verse 13 it adds that he saw a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun, and really it was the glory of God. And when the glory of God appeared, it lightened up the whole region. The glory of God was so heavy that he fell to the earth, the Bible tells us that in Acts chapter 9, verse 4, and in Acts chapter 26, verse 14, Paul adds that he heard Jesus speaking to him in the Hebrew tongue. God even knew to really get his attention, he had to speak to him in his own language, and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And in Acts 9, verse 5, he said, Who art thou, Lord? Well, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is the moment that he was saved. He was saved in this moment. We know that he was saved because he eventually said, Lord, what will you have me to do? Well, that is the prayer of a saved man. A saved man says, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What is the next step? He had surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus and didn't even know what he was doing. And Denise, sometimes people get saved and they don't even know that they're getting saved. But you know, later in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, the Apostle Paul describes his conversion like this. He says, I'm intending to apprehend that for which I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. And that word apprehend is the Greek word katalambano. The word kata describes something coming down. The word lambano means to seize. When you compound the two words together, it means to tackle something, to take it down, to conquer it, to master it. He says, I'm going to seize what Jesus seized me to do. And he describes his salvation experience as a moment when Christ reached out from glory and grabbed hold of him. Sometimes people say, well, you know, God doesn't just seize people. Yes, he does. He certainly does. And this is an example when Christ reached out from that realm of glory and seized him. And Paul describes it as the moment when Christ apprehended him. He was apprehended. And something amazing happened in the split second that he called Jesus the Lord of his life. In that very moment, just like happened with me and with you and with Denise, the Holy Spirit came into him. Well, in the Holy Spirit is the mind of God. In the Holy Spirit is the will of God. And in that split second, when he was born again, the will of God came into him along with the Holy Spirit. And my friend, I want to tell you that the moment you called Jesus the Lord of your life and the Holy Spirit entered into you, the plan of God also entered into you. Your mind may not have caught up to it yet, but inside you is the living, breathing will of God for your life. And God is waiting for your mind to be illuminated to that will of God that is on the inside of you. And in Acts chapter 26, verses 16 and 17, Paul gives his testimony and says, in that moment, he heard Jesus say, rise, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. In the moment of his salvation, God's purpose for his life was revealed to him to make thee a minister 
and to witness both of those things which thou hast seen and of the things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee. Well, there's two powerful things here. First of all, the word send in Greek is the word apostolo. It's where we get the word for an apostle. So here he is getting saved and immediately he hears from the lips of Jesus, he's going to be sent apostolically. Well, apostles are sent to a particular group and Jesus says, I'm going to deliver for you from your people and send you to the Gentiles. This was an audience he never dreamed in his life he would be sent to. As a Jew, he was taught to thank God every morning that he was born to be a Jew and not a Gentile. Gentiles were viewed as dogs. This was the low life of the world. And now Jesus says, not only have I apprehended you, I'm sending you as an apostle to the Gentiles. That is just amazing to me. So now we read the story of a man who was rotten to the core, mean-spirited, even though he was religious. And by the way, Sometimes religious people can be really mean. He was one of those people. He was out to purge Jerusalem of this new sect. His hatred was so intense, he was taking his hatred to the next level, taking it to the city of Damascus to continue the purge, when finally the eyes of the Lord fell on him, and the Lord said, that's enough. The glory of God appeared. Jesus reached out from the realm of glory and by Paul's own admission in Philippians 3 verse 12, Catalumbano mastered him, apprehended him, took him down and then revealed his plan to him for his life. He was a man that became mightily used. Now, if God can do this in the life of Paul, he can do this in your life or the life of your kids or the life of your grandkids. Wow. Let's just throw up our arms and surrender and say, Jesus, apprehend me. Do in me whatever you want to do in my life. You can become mightily used. We'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to pray for you. Men are supposed to be powerful, but today men everywhere feel like they're under attack and even being attacked for simply being men. There's no doubt about it. The devil is after men. But when a man's heart is touched by God, he can embrace his calling as a man and his God-given roles in the family and in the nation. In this amazing series, 10 Powerful Men, Rick Renner will show you that even though there's no such thing as a perfect man, if any man will let God touch his life, he can become powerful. In this series, you'll learn about a man who didn't communicate right with his wife, a mistake maker who became the father of faith, an emotional man Jesus chose to be a leader, a murdering man that Jesus turned into an apostle, and so much more. This encouraging 10-part series will help any man embrace who God has made him to be, and it will help every man, teenager or boy, know that God has anointed him to be the best man he can be. Available in digital or physical formats, this series is available starting at just $20. And today, we're offering the 384-page book, All the Men of the Bible by Herbert Lockyer for just $19. This invaluable book describes the monumental feats of men named in the Bible and thousands of unnamed men who also carried out monumental achievements in their lifetimes. Don't miss this special offer, the 10-part series, 10 Powerful Men, and the book, All the Men of the Bible by Herbert Lockyer. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
Well, they will call and say, I just happened to come across this, this man and his demeanor and his, uh, he has such a peace about him. And I really like the fact that he is so versed in the Word of God, so versed in uh, what he's teaching on. You can tell he really puts the time into it. But he's also easy to listen to because, um, I, you know, Pastor Rick is operating in his gift. And within that gift, there is um, a certain circle of people that may not always follow certain teachings, whether it be on healing or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that wasn't their background, but the way Pastor Rick's demeanor is, and because of his um, study of the Word, they take the time to listen. I've prayed with a lot of people that have been saved their whole life, been in church their whole life, and said, he makes me trust that if I call you and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that I'm getting something that's scriptural. And so that, that just blesses me. And then we talk to a lot of people from other countries. I, I mean, we talk to people all over the world. Some people call in and think that we're in Russia. And we're like, no, this is his stateside office. He does have a, an office in Russia. But we talk to people, I mean, I just talked to someone this morning from Norway. We talked to people from Canada. We talked to people from India. So it's not just within the United States. We're talking to people all over the world. And we're reaching the whole world from right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's exciting. It was a great connection for them. So many people are isolated, have been isolated, and they were fearful, and they found a place where they could be encouraged, taught, strengthened, prayed for, and people who loved on them and cared for them. My friend, we are growing as a ministry. People are responding to the teaching of the Bible. They're reaching out to us for resources, for prayer, and for ministry. And God has given us the awesome responsibility of ministering to them, and we need more space to do it. So would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help with our ministry expansion project. I'm so glad you joined me and Denise for today's program. Denise, we covered a lot of material today. Rick, I think that our viewers didn't know a lot of this stuff that you just said. I mean, this is Paul's description of himself. But if God's grace can do that in him, God's grace can do it in anybody, anybody. He became a man that was powerfully used by God. And my friend, I want you to order the whole series right now that is called 10 Powerful Men. It will encourage you, and it comes with a wonderful study guide. Please order both of these by going to renner.org or give us a call right now. And right now, we're also offering you the book called All the Men of the Bible. It covers more than 3,000 Bible names. What an amazing resource for you to have near all the time. I know that when I'm studying the Bible and I read about somebody that I don't know who they are, I want to know who they are. This book is just a resource you will use and use and use, so Please order yours today. And remember that right now we're offering you our autobiography at a radical discount at our ministry website. And the autobiography is called Unlikely. Denise, I'm so excited for people to get this. The subtitle says, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. And if you need prayer, call us right now or send us your email. We're going to really pray for you. And we're going to pray for you right now.
Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the privilege of speaking the Word of God into the life of our friend today. Lord, we thank you that you've apprehended every one of us to do something mighty. You want all of us to be powerful in this life. We take the grace of God. Lord, we ask you to enable us to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for being with us. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.